So welcome again to Below Average Gaming. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Michael. How's it going today, man? Oh, it's going all right. Yeah, it's just kind of a somber day here on the old Below Average Gaming channel here. This is just kind of rough, you know? Because today we're going to be going over Magic the Gathering, something that really kind of tied us together and being friends and something that's kind of been a part you know, I both of our lives for the last six, seven years, so. It's been a long you know, time. It, yeah, it's been a long time, and it's been tough, too, because the game's gone through a lot of changes, a lot of ups and downs, which, you know, it's a lot different than when something like an MMO goes through a lot of changes because you know that it'll get fixed and they can patch things, or like a game you love starts dying be, because of balance and it can get fixed. Something like Magic, though, with the way that card games are designed and how long it takes for things to change, it's it's kind of rough. We're kind of on some dark times. Well, it's also, in a lot of things like that, when you look at something that is has these, like, sweeping changes that slowly wind up, like, looking, you look have a bleak, bleaker outlook on the game, a lot of the times, the people developing the game actually, like, say something towards that. And actively change the game but especially in magic's case like all these issues don't seem to be issues to them which just means maybe it's time for magic to yeah <laughs> yeah you know maybe it's just it's tough because there's a lot i know right now with with magic being primarily a paper game up until very recently with magic arena coming out for pc and then quarantine, and people can't go out and play. It kind of already puts Magic in a bad place. And then design choices they've made, the way they print cards and how they're issued to people. It just, it, the whole thing just seems really negative right now. Especially too, like as much as people like to pretend the Magic community is like a big thing. Right now, with it just relegated to mostly, like, social media on Twitter, it's just super, super toxic. And people are awful to each other. And there's no way to get around it, right? And it's hard, yeah. too, because, you know, I can imagine at this point, working at Wizards of the Coast is probably just an awful job. And going to work every day probably really sucks. Yeah. And there's probably ways they could have made it not suck so much. But, you know, at the end of the day... I hope that maybe some change comes about this, but how harsh people are being is also hard on me. So why don't we go down and tackle some of these things, some of these thoughts that we have. What do you think? Yeah, we can we can just get right into it. There's like, there's just so many things and the game is just so much different than even like two years ago. And I, I, I know I don't speak for everyone, but I don't think that card games work that well on computer like just digital i don't like digital card games that much like i played i played a ton of hearthstone but i played hearthstone mostly because i played magic and wanted the magic experience when i wasn't at a table but if the if the actual playing magic at a table experience doesn't exist there is no chance i'm ever touching a digital card game yeah, it is stuff. Magic, just like things like poker or anything like that, in person really enhances 
the play of it because you're like sitting across from somebody that human interaction picking up on signals from somebody and reading people and just like the banter of even playing against an opponent it's a big part of why i really like magic like you know there's that old saying the magic community you know you know it's about the magic but mostly about the gathering and yeah it's just you miss that right now and the game just when there's such bad choices made in design, marketing, and card releases, they feel way more in your face when you can only play digitally mostly right now. Because there's nothing, there's no buffer there of the gathering being like, oh, this maybe this isn't well balanced, but at least I get to see my friends. Like, that's not there anymore. Yeah. Which I think is making these issues way, way more prevalent. Yeah. And I mean, like, two of my closest friends both come... Like, basically exclusively, I met them playing Magic. Like, both yeah. you and Will, I both just know from Magic. So, it the gathering part means a massive amount to it. And it's... I, I look at it and I'm like, I still really enjoy Cube. I still really enjoy some types of, like, casual Magic. And, I mean, it, it's really hard to obviously get together with people right now. But when you can, I'd rather be playing Cube or a board game. But I don't have any interest in touching new Magic right now. Whether that's legacy, modern, standard, or just like sealed of a new set, it just doesn't, isn't something I'm interested in, which boggles my mind. Yeah, I've never really known a time where you didn't want to play Magic. And it's not just you, it's it's a lot of people, right? And like, the majority of people I know that I'm actually like closer friends with are from playing Magic at the, the local game store. It's how I made a lot of friends when I had moved back up here from the States, back into Canada, it's the main way I met a lot of people now. And now I don't really see them very often. I did get to do like a small magic event in person. And it's just like, you can definitely tell that the mood around the game is just dropped off really hard locally. And I know too, there's a lot of places where it's dropped off really hard. Well, it's even, even looking at like our local game store, there's a lot of long time players that to me are, like, associated with Magic just because they've been people who have always been there playing Magic that are losing interest, which just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see because some of these people have been playing since, like, very early in the game, like, late 90s, early 2000s, and have never really stopped. And now a lot of them are just like, I think I'm done. You know? Just go, just go do something else. And... You know, there's something to say that maybe some people should do something else and, you know, but feeling forced to go do that because of just like bad decisions is, is really hard. Like the most recent Walking Dead release pissed a lot of people off because they put out exclusive cards in a set that aren't supposed to be that relevant to the game. They're more of a collector's item. When there's obviously two of the cards there now that have already, like, people are theorycrafting around playing, you know, semi-competitive decks with them. And due to licensing issues, because it's a crossover with The Walking Dead, they can't be, like, strictly reprinted the way they are without doing new deals. And due to the way that Magic Design is done, it takes months, sometimes even half a year to a year, for something to come out after they've designed it. So if they do become relevant, they're just going to be worth an incredibly large amount of money, and it's going to take at least half a year to a year to fix the problem. Yeah, and I mean, well, who says they'll even fix the problem? How long have we needed fetch lines reprinted for? <laughs> yeah, which which there still has not been a mainline 
reprinting of Fetchlands that has largely affected the price more than over like a month, and it's been like a very small drop since Eternal Master. No, not Eternal Masters. Um, Modern Master no. Seventeen, I think. No, no, no. Enemies were Eternal Masters, pretty sure. No, uh, it was uh, Modern Masters twenty seventeen for the uh, enemy ones like Scalding Tar and Misty Rainforest and all those. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Big brain, big brain, big brain. <laughs> yeah, it it is hard because it's it's really obvious what people want. To me, and I know it is hard because there is a large section of the magic community that you don't hear from, and it's the bulk of it. You know, like the people that are on Twitter complaining about stuff, the people you see at a game store playing a tournament are a microcosm of a very large group of people. And it's just a factual thing that the casual majority of Magic players are buying more product than they did last year. The which is the really interesting thing I find with that, and well, I agree with you, like, vast majority of product sales are from, like, these kitchen table casual players. A lot of those players won't even find out about this Walking Dead secret layer before it's not available anymore. Because of the way secret layers are done, like, casual players don't get the same opportunity. Because if you're just a casual player who plays, like, once a month, and you aren't seeing every Twitter announcement or every news article on Magic, like a lot of more franchise players do, you might not even see this Walking Dead secret layer coming out. And you might just miss it. And even if you want to play with these cards, it's not like they're affecting you. So that's where I find it's really weird, because, like, I feel like the secret layer product doesn't necessarily... I, I don't think it's very good for, like, that super casual audience, which I feel like is what these Walking Dead cards should be for. Not to mention, the really annoying thing for me with that, and we talk about this a lot, where, like, I'm okay with companies experimenting, companies trying something new. But this is something where they've had people complain about mechanically unique promos before. They've had issues with mechanically unique promos and rolled it back and also have two ways to get around the licensing issue if they decided to. Or one way to, the way to get around the licensing issue if they decided to do it, but they didn't. The cards could be in Silver Border, but they aren't. They could have the Godzilla treatment, but they don't have it. And it's tough too because they they recently went out there and talked about that about why it's not Silver Border, why they didn't do the Godzilla treatment, where like there's a promo name of the card, but the actual name is underneath of it, which gets around being able to reprint it a lot easier, right? the The issue is is that this Walking Dead thing apparently was before that set came out. This was finalized, and it's. A big issue that often comes up with Magic products is that if they find something that works, it takes so long to be able to do it. And if something doesn't work, it takes a long time to fix it. And it's just like, why, why like overlap these things? Why not leave a further gap there so that you can see, hey, did this work? If it did, then we'll do that with this. Why not like push back the release, you know, until December even? And they would have known. And they could have fixed it. And which which I don't get. Yeah, the, the Godzilla cards, which are the way I think they should have done these. Because we literally have a card that hasn't been printed as a magic name of a card. As far as, like, rules are concerned. Because the Buy a Box promo, this Solortha card, doesn't actually have a magic equivalent. 
I don't even I don't even know the um Godzilla name off the top of my head, but it has a magic name that doesn't have a card associated with it. So you can do that, and then this reprinting issue is no longer an issue. But it's not done. And when I look at it, I'm like, a set has to be designed so much farther in advance than a secret layer would be. So I assume that these can be done around the same time, if not the secret layer being done after. So why is there no communication about this? And also, the, since the secret layers are order and then print, at least that's what we've been told, unless that's not true. But if they are order and then print, why not update it? Because like, yeah, some people didn't like the Godzilla treatment for the Ikoria cards, but it was widely well-received. Yeah, I think the Ikoria cards do a really good thing that we're like, I, as like a young kid, you know, anywhere from like as soon as I was like six till being a teenager, I watched the Godzilla movies all the time. So that was perfect for me because I really like them. And then if somebody doesn't like that, the original version of the cards are still out there. So that you can choose which one you actually want to use. It's the same thing that people do with stuff like Basic Lands in Magic or just like several editions of a card. They pick which one they want and some people don't like certain versions of cards. And being able to have multiple versions of cards is a good thing. Like the Thalia secret layer I think was awesome. They reprinted a card. They gave you a bunch of really cool versions of it. But when it comes to this, it's just like Walking Dead. It's just... It just feels like an idea that can work, has worked, and then they just did it really wrong. Yeah. And I I, I still don't think that the way... Like, I don't think Secret Layer is the place for these cards. I know a lot of people complained about Secret Layer as being like a cash grab or whatever. But, like, Wizards is a company. They need to make money. They have an owner company in Hasbro. Hasbro wants them to make money. Secret Layer is a good way for them to make money, but it shouldn't be mechanically unique cards. The distribution model just, like, the distribution model leads to problems if you're distributing mechanically unique cards that way. And you can always make the, oh, well, they're unplayable. I mean, they tried to make that argument, but it looks like they might even be wrong on the initial batch, and we saw that argument with Biobox promos, too. And the Biobox promo, we got one unplayable one, and then we got Nexus of Fate. And Nexus of Fate had the issues of being a tournament card in a couple formats. And also because there was only foil, you couldn't actually play the card physically in paper. Without having to have a proxy version of it that you had to get approved by a judge at a Magic tournament that had the card's name written on it. Because if it's just foil, it's very easy to cut to that card. Because it doesn't feel like the rest of your deck. So it's like, either you have to spend a ton of foils if you want to play your actual card. Or you have to play a mountain that literally has the words Nexus of Fate sharpied on it. Which is really bad for a tournament scene. It makes you look like you don't know what you're doing when it comes to your game. When your tournaments have to have proxied versions of cards in them. And like, so... it. But if, if I'm right, I might be wrong on the number of this, but I'm pretty sure there's been 10 mechanically unique box uh, buy a box promos. Because the most recent one, the uh, Zendikar Rising buy a box promo, is actually in the set. It's an alternate version of a card that is in the set. Um, So there, there's 10 of these, and two of them were constructed playable. 
Nexus of Fate was a massive disaster. Kenworth was a massive disaster where the non-foil wound up being worth more than the foil because it could come out of collector boosters. Yeah. Viva 2 was something like Carvold too. Was it like a card and a secondary product that was in standard, but you can only get it in the secondary product, which made getting it like very difficult for some people. I'm sure in some places you literally couldn't get it unless you ordered it online because their store probably didn't get enough copies of it. Like we're lucky enough that for our population where we live, that our store actually gets a decent amount of product. But for something like Secret Lair, if they screw this up, there are people that literally can't get it by the time they see it, like you had mentioned, right? It's on sale for a week. A week is not that long. Well, also, not even to mention the fact that because of shipping issues, there's literally countries that are locked out of buying this. Countries that can normally play Magic. Yeah. And I just, when I look at Biobox promos, because that's like, that's the most recent example of exclusive cards being in it. Kenrith, like, had a reduced impact because it was in collector boosters. Even, like, I, I do not want to know what would have happened with Korvold if he wasn't in collector boosters and was only in the Brawl deck. Yeah, and there was already issues with that. There were tournaments where people didn't play that deck because they could not find Korvold. I heard about that. It's just like, that's insane. And the problem is that this goes back so far with unique cards printed like this. Mana Crypt was like this. Where you had to send in to get your mana crypts. That card is still too expensive because they did that. They've never actually fixed the price of mana crypt. Despite numerous printings and secondary non-standard products. Because there's just not enough of them made. Enough of them purchased because of the price point to help mana crypt. And mana crypt is only legal in two magic formats. It's commander and vintage. So you have the format where people play decks more expensive than seeing people's houses or their cars. And then you have the format where you want to get people to play Magic for fun and the card's expensive. Yeah. So it's like, it's the the really well-off people that can afford Mana Crypt because they're playing Vintage. And the kitchen table people that just want to play Mana Crypt because it's a good card in their casual deck. And they just want to sit there and actually just have fun playing your game. Yet you've not fixed the Mana Crypt problem. Like, where's Secret Lair Mana Crypt? I mean, to be fair, Mana Crypt probably shouldn't be legal in Commander. Honestly, if it was more widely available, it might not be legal in Commander. I, I think it, I actually think you're right. Yeah, more people could play it, right? It's the same thing with a bunch of other cards and other sets. And when, even when they make a smart decision about, hey, we should reprint this, Secret Lair Fetchlands that they put out... And I know Pleasant Kenobi, one of the big Magic YouTubers who just really can be really overly honest sometimes, but I appreciate it that he sticks to his guns. That man pointed something out. It's just like, when you print something like a Fetchland that's a very big part of Magic in a product like that, and you jack the price up, that's you acknowledging that these are worth more money. Nope. Wizards doesn't acknowledge the secondary market. Yeah, and it's just like, you make the box bigger, so therefore it's worth more money. Yeah, didn't you didn't know the box being bigger justified the $160 price increase? And I don't get it. It's, it's so hard because a good example of two games that do a very good job of doing this that maybe aren't as big tournament games as Magic has been, but still have a tournament scene that have their own issues or whatever, right? 
But supply on Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards is hilarious. Because when a card gets too expensive, they print it as like a common or an uncommon in like a like structure deck in Yu-Gi-Oh. Like a fairly widely sold product. Get it at Walmart, Amazon, your local game store, wherever. You order a hundred of them if you really want to. And they cut the price down. They don't always do it, but they definitely try. Same thing happened with Shaman EX, which is a huge Pokemon card. They just put it into like a little promo box. You're like, here, here's the card you want. And it's just something like Secret Layers could be just like that. It could be like those big collector's products for Pokemon that always have a couple packs and a couple unique cards in it that are in other sets, but they're trying to reprint them to keep the cost down. And it's like Secret Lair Fetchlands could have just been a gift box that a Target and a Walmart or Amazon or your local game store could have had. And it could have had a couple Fetchlands in it and a couple packs of cards and be like, here you go. Please play our game. And obviously Magic isn't cheap to play at a competitive level. Yeah. So so do you want to go tinfoil hat a little bit on this? Do you yeah. think that they don't want to make Fetchlands accessible because they don't want to balance for Modern? I don't know if Modern will survive quarantine at this rate as a format. And I think that when this happened, they just gave up. They're just like, now is the time to not care anymore. Well, like, th- th- that's what I mean. Like, do you think that they just said, we don't want to support Modern anymore, so there's no point in trying to make it more accessible? Because they have they have had numerous opportunities to give us enemy Fetchland reprints, which are the biggest cost gate to Modern. What are Tarns right now? Probably like 100 and some odd? Yes, they are around there. I will double check if you Something price absurd. things for you. Um, but they've had so many opportunities to reprint them in a way that could be meaningful. You could have, like, you could have printed them in Modern Horizons. I'm not complaining about the Canopy Lands, but you could have printed them in Modern Horizons. Secret Layer could have been half the price. And I, I, I get it. And like, it's not, my, my thing is, is it's not bad for Wizards to make money. But the thing is, is Wizards would make more money selling Secret Layer at half the price because they would have sold 10 times as many. Yeah, and it's just, like, the most recent reprinting and the collector's box did have a small impact on their price, but they still shouldn't be this much. And Magic should be more accessible, but still be worth something. Like, I'm totally fine with Magic being a collectible game that also has a competitive format, but you should make your collector's items collector's items, and you should make your tournament cards accessible. And just the way that they've gone about reprinting things is insane to me. Like, the top modern deck right now, the mana base in US dollars is 700. It is three quarters almost the price of the entire rest of the deck. And just letting people have their stupid mana bases would be really nice. Well, like, and I think... I think the biggest thing is, and I am very much for this, is reprinting doesn't always tank prices. Like, the thing is, if you reprint with new art, the original art still withholds some of its value. If you reprint a card, like, for example, if you reprint fetches, the expedition fetches will still hold their value. Those won't go down. So there still is the collector's aspect, but you can make your game more accessible regardless. 
As someone who likes foils, like with all the collector's cards, like, obviously, I have a deck full of them. You can make the normal cards more accessible. There's no problem with having a cheap version of a card. Yeah, and the argument that they don't want to put fetch lands into standard is not true. That is just actually a lie, because they made a new one. They made Fable Passage, which in certain kinds of decks right now, namely these Omnath decks that are being played, having something that gets any basic type is actually better than getting one or two. Obviously not counting if we didn't have the uh, Triomes in. You know, obviously Scalding Tower and Mystery Marine Force would be better. But if we didn't have if we didn't have Triomes, like regular fetch lands would be worse than Fabled Passage within an Omnath deck. Well, they always, they always like, I don't understand the we don't want fetch lands in standard. Because they always look at the Cons of Tarkir, Fate Reforged, Dragons of Tarkir, four color field of everything. You could do whatever you wanted in that format. You were playing like, uh... Moist Mardu, Esper Black, or sorry, Jeskai Black, like all these different decks. And it's like, yeah, you were playing four decks. Yeah, it got a little bit degenerate. The best deck in that deck might have still been a Tarka Red. Yeah. And also, that was the most I've ever enjoyed Magic. That was probably one of the best standard formats we've had in a very long time was when we had Cons Block. And a lot of people think that, you know, very soon after Cons is when the game started going down. Right after cons is when we started having an insane amount of standard bands. And it's the nice thing about magic has been, they've tried to err away from standard bands until the last couple of years where it's just like design has made bands happen. And when your game is expensive and you, then you can't design the balance well enough that you keep doing bands, your, your game keeps getting more and more and more expensive for anybody who wants to play it. Even like, casual competitive where you just want to go to FNM and then it's like oh your deck got banned and it's like so why why come back why keep playing if even casual competitive is hard to do now and even even that comes into play with the arena economy too because like the arena economy okay I craft the entire like blue green deck and then Oko gets banned oh yay I have my four mythics what about the other 60 wild cards I spent on the deck mm-hmm I'm, like, priced out of playing Magic for that expansion until something changes. And it's not that I wasn't willing to give them money. I, like, I bought into the into the set. I bought into the standard, but it didn't matter. Because you had this glaring design mistake that anyone should have been able to notice. It's going to be tough, too, because stuff like, uh, like Winota in Historic, for example, that particular kind of deck is very, very predicated on weird cards to enable the Winota to bring them out of your deck, like really oddball humans. And people lost like quite a few wild cards or something like that. And it's just like, hey, like case by case basis even, it wouldn't be that hard to be like, okay, we banned this deck without really talking about it before now, but now we banned it or suspended it. Maybe look at it and be like, okay, what are like weird cards that people are playing in here? And we know... You know, Wizards of the Coast can recognize what isn't a good card because they designed it. And I, I would hope that they could, but maybe they can't. You know, the last couple sets, maybe they can't recognize a good and a bad card. Who knows? But that Winota deck, it's just like, don't give people just their Winotas back. 
maybe like double it when you ban something. You know, it's like we banned 4X of Mythic. If you do not own it when this article was posted, we're not going to give you wild cards. But we're going to give you twice as much now. Even something like that would be really nice. It's like you ban Uro. If you had Uro in your collection prior to the banning, we give you eight instead of four. So at least it's something. Make it act like you care at all. Yeah, about... I know. I know when you look at like digital, like free to play card games. Um, I think Runeterra's system is very good. Like the free to play system in Runeterra, I actually think is very good. But a lot of people always shit. Like uh, a lot of people used to shit on Hearthstone. Like a lot of these people say that the Hearthstone system is bad. And I look at the Hearthstone system and I don't actually think it is. Like, because in these situations, what Hearthstone does is effectively like a wild card. You could remove the card from your collection, you can disenchant it after a card gets nerfed slash banned, and you get the dust refunded back. Like, full dust refund. So effectively a wild card. But if you don't do that, at least all these other cards, if you have your... All these unplayables um, that were just went into this deck because of the specific effect you were looking for, you can at least recoup some value out of them. Whereas, like, imagine, uh, like, Kethis combo. Kethis gets banned. That deck, you're at, like, what, 26 Mythic Wild Cards? It's something most absurd of them like that. Playable. Yeah, because, and, like, that deck in particular, Kinnon and Box Amber, Kethis, Tashar, Shadow Spear. There's a bunch of cards in that deck that are really kind of awful, but they just, they fit the, um, cohesive whole and like this isn't coming from somebody who isn't invested in magic right like i have the kethis deck i can basically copy paste anything from mtg goldfish or mtg melee any deck in arena and play it like i almost have a full collection on arena so it's obviously i like this game obviously i like playing it but even me as someone who is privileged enough to be able to replace a deck. I feel bad for the people who spent three or four hundred dollars trying to build just one deck on Arena. It gets banned out, and that you can't play any of the other cards really in anything and be competitive. And I'm sure too, it hurts other websites. Like it, it probably hurts MTG Melee when there's a banning because not everyone can afford to replace their deck. So it's like support the people that are trying to support you and your game and keep it alive. Because I don't feel like Watsy's trying that hard to keep their game alive anymore in the competitive sense. Yeah. And I mean, that that's that's something that I've been feeling for a long time. Like, we always talk about, like, Standard. I feel like the last time Standard was great, like, fantastic, I wanted to play it a ton, was, like, Cons Block era. Into, like, Magic Origins and a little bit into BFC, I actually thought that, like, the Coco meta in, like, that time frame was actually a ton of fun as someone who didn't even necessarily play it um i enjoyed eldritch moon because i got to play my favorite deck of all time in magic with demonic pact but like since then sanders just been like eh. i've played it at times but it's never been something that like i've it hasn't been that i've wanted to play standard it's been that i've wanted to play magic and hang out with my friends and, like, th th there's a difference there. And, like, same thing with Modern. I don't feel like I've wanted to... Like, I've want I've played Modern because I want to play Magic and hang out with my friends. But I haven't wanted to play Modern probably since, like, 2017. 
Again, like, probably, like, late Battle for Zendikar era. Um, prob- probably Modern didn't go away until end of Kaladesh, I guess. Yeah. But still, it's just... It's hard. And especially when when all these cards keep getting banned, I'm someone who enjoys opening packs. I'm someone who used to buy, like, a box or two or three of every set. And then slowly trade them off and uptrade them and build... I have, like, a decently complete Modern collection. I can build most modern collections within like a couple hundred bucks modern decks within a couple hundred bucks and i've gotten that due to like buying cards trading them up trying to like move stuff like shipping shipping bulk to gps all that kind of stuff but it's so hard to buy stuff right now because i'm not i don't want to crack a pack and then immediately try and sell the chase card I'm going to crack a box and I'm going to put all the chase cards into a binder and I'm going to slowly trade or sell them off at a GP or something like that. And when the chase card might not even survive three weeks or a couple months, what if I don't find someone who wants it to trade in that time? Yeah, which is even harder now because it's hard to even get with somebody to trade with them Yeah, right now. It makes it even worse. And it's, it, it is difficult because it's, for me, being somebody who's around you a lot and knowing that your Grixis deck is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen when it comes to the foils in it, like, isn't your deck almost completely all promo expeditions now? Um, I'm missing the fetches. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm missing the fetches in one cryptic, I think. Other than that, yeah. I think everything in this deck is max rarities. Oh, I'm also missing... Um, I'm missing one of the new promo Fatal Pushes. And uh, the uh, Japanese Alt Art Foil Ashiox in the sideboard. Yeah. But that's even like... So as recent as like Double Master's Fatal Push, you still like have been clinging on a little bit, right? And just, like, trying to still like the game the same way. And I think what it is, is you and me still both like Magic. You still like playing Magic. I still like playing Magic. The difference is, is that my tolerance for Magic design is being fed by the fact that it's easy for me to play right now at home. And I think that's the only thing that's really kept me on, is that I can play at home. If I had to go down the hill, and I'm two blocks from my game store... If I had to walk that far, I don't know. Like, if quarantine had never happened, we were all just still hanging out, I'd probably be like, hey, why don't we just get some, to, get some people together to play Cube rather than, like, go play Standard. Yeah, and that's, that, that's like, the thing, like, and I find the overall feel around Magic is even hurting my want to like Cube. And, like, I, I love the Cube I have. I think it's a blast. Like, I, I will play that thing. It's my favorite thing to do with Magic is that Cube. But... Because the rest of the game just has this, like, almost, like, sinking feeling to me. This is the first time I have been contemplating selling out of Magic because I don't trust that cards are going to hold value. And I've never experienced that before. And everything around Magic hurts my want to cube to the point where if I'm going to hang out, if I'm going to go through and make sure that it's safe to hang out and actually get together with someone, why don't I just play a different board game? Why don't I just play Smash? Why don't I just play Mario Party? Why don't I just do anything like that rather than playing Magic? Because it doesn't feel like the same game I've always wanted it to be. And it it is hard, too, because 
you know, I will fully admit, I give Witches of the Coast too much of a break. I do, right? Like, they're really close to where I used to live, was really close to Witches of the Coast, used to see the building and wanted, like, be like, hey, I want to be there one day. You know, like, I used to want to work for Wizards. Uh, We've never, like, talked about this before, but... Like, I have so much creativity in my brain that's always going that, like, I've always wanted to go do that. I designed an entire set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards back in the day. That's how much I love card games. I look at my wow, board games. Wow, but you designing the magic cube with me? We are gonna... But, exactly, though, right? Exactly. Magic feels so shitty right now that wanting to do that feels worse than it would've. You know what I mean? Like, I do want to do that. I do like the idea of that cube and that set we're designing, but it's just, like, also hard because who the, like, who the fuck are we going to play it with? Yeah. Half of our, half of our game store, like, chat group, everyone's just like, the sky is falling. And you know what? For the first time, it kind of feels like the sky is falling a little bit. And I look at my board game shelf here. I have 11 deck building games. I have almost every single set of Netrunner and I like never play with it right now, but I just like sit there and like make decks with it. And when it comes to playing a game right now, like you said, like why not just play like Ascension or Binding of Isaac or this Aeon's End game that I have or Legendary, like something else that's a card game. But when it comes down to it, I still like the way Magic plays, but I don't like the way the game is right now with how it plays. Does that make sense? Like, we got to a point with some of our formats where things were getting, like, really good. And then War of the Spark happened. And it's not just War... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Laugh, because it's a joke. The set was a joke. You know what I mean? The set was a joke. The hardest part was, is there was obviously a point where Wizards of the Coast, so either somebody there or Hasbro or somebody <coughs> just went out there and was like, hey, let's push this a little bit. We're in talks with movie deals and everything and a TV show. And they made that end the end trailer for War of the Spark. And in the end, the you just, just start killing the game. When you did that, you pushed Planeswalkers to this point where, like, I understand that they are important to the game. It is what the game is about. is about Planeswalkers and their journey and all this. But when you push this Planeswalker design, which fundamentally changes how you play a game when it's sitting there, and you and you make this many different cards, it really changes the way the game plays. Like something like Narset or Teferi from War of the Spark literally change magic. And how it's played. And I don't play Magic because I want to play Hearthstone. Or I want to play something like uh, Runeterra, right? But the priority system in Runeterra, I actually hate it. I think everything about that game is great. I understand why people like it. I don't. I like in response. And I refuse to play Teferi when I had them. On Arena... And in paper. I hate that card. I think it's stupid design. Because you took away the fun of your game. And that's what Planeswalkers do. To me. It's like attacking and blocking. Aren't the same thing anymore. 
with magic design, and it started with War of the Spark, where it made playing the game feel awful, because you have to attack these stupid planeswalkers down, and they printed so many of them. Obviously, something was going to go wrong when you print that many of a thing. You can't keep beating a design into the ground like that when it's that unique. You know what I mean? Because like the magic system was not designed around planeswalkers being a card. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you go back to when Richard Garfield designed the set and there's like that whole joke about magic has Richard Garfield intended it. He didn't intend planeswalkers to be cards. We designed yeah. the system. And I, I think that planeswalkers like as a whole actually have added a lot to the game. I think in general, I actually like them. And even when you look at like, when you look at something like uh, Jace, the mind sculptor cards, really good. But the card, it's not like it hits play in the, like, it hits play and usually it's, they're still jockeying around the card before the game's just over. And I think we saw, like, the first really problematic Planeswalker design in Dominaria. I actually think that's where we saw this Planeswalker problem that's happened now. With Big Teferi. I think Big Teferi is a massive fuck-up that doesn't get... The amount of attention it deserves. So, this is something we've gone back and forth on. And I want you to get this out there, another one. What's, what don't you like about 5-mana Teferi from Dominaria? I, and it, it, this, is, this is an issue that I think has just affected all my outlook on cards recently. Cards shouldn't do everything. So, okay, l- l- let's look at 5-mana Teferi and let's look at Jace the Mind Sculptor, okay? So, Jace the Mind Sculptor. If you want to, so you play it on turn four, you have three options. You can bounce a permanent, in which case you get no additional value, and it goes to their hand. So they can replay it the following turn. You also put your Planeswalker at two. You can plus the Fate Seal your opponent, but then you can't interact with what's in their hand. And you get pseudo control over what they draw. If you see a good card on top, you have to put it to the bottom, they can still draw something good. Or you can Brainstorm. And if you brainstorm, at least outside of Legacy, where stuff like Forcible and a lot more free spells exist, and now I guess with Modern with Force of Negation, but kind of depends. If you brainstorm, you then just get one more card. You get one additional card, plus you get to sculpt your hand a little bit. And then your opponent has a full turn to respond. To Fairy, you play it. Okay, you want to bounce, like your opponent has a threat. You bounce it, it goes two underneath. Your opponent can't even replay that next turn. It doesn't go back to their hand. They can't even replay it the following turn. You plus, you get your card advantage engine, and you get to interact with them. Because it untaps two lands. It does everything. It's also this card where it is your value engine to win the game, and while accruing value, it ends the game. Because while accruing your value, you just plus... Get in a better position because you're drawing two cards a turn, have more mana to interact with your opponent, and then eventually hit nine, eight or nine loyalty and alt it, and then the game ends for all intents and purposes. Jace the Mind Sculptor, well, I'm not even getting into a conversation of whether or not it's better or worse than Teferi, but Jace the Mind Sculptor, if you want to actively be winning the game with it, you are sacrificing your card advantage. That makes sense. I guess, like, cards that do everything, same thing, too, that, like, Uro kind of does that thing, too, right? Where it's just, like, it's a win condition, it bridges the game, it gives you card advantage. 
and it's like a very hard to kill threat because you can keep bring, bringing it back. Same thing too with like something like Omnath that like replaces itself, gains you life, ramps you, and kills your opponent. All on one card. And this is the wild thing, which I'm sure a lot of people aren't keeping up sometimes with the way that modern and other formats are going. In modern, if you just look at a metagame breakdown, there is one deck in the top 40 decks that plays Jace. Because it's not good enough anymore. And that's how far magic design got pushed. Well, because even a lot of, like, mo- a lot of blue-white lists in modern aren't playing Jace, are they? There, There's one. There are... I see... But aren't most sit, of them sit. still playing Teferi 5? No, that card's not even good enough either. That's what's not. Nice. I, I, I haven't mm. looked recently, that's why I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, so there's there's Jeskai Control plays Jace and Teferi. That's the only deck. But there's Earl Piles, Niv to Light decks in Modern that are blue-white based that are playing other Planeswalkers... Of multiple colors, including Little Teferi, the three mana one from War of the Spark, and they're playing, but they're also just playing better cards like like Renin Six, which once once again Renin Six is a card that's really hard to beat. The card does eventually just kill your opponent, and they made a two mana Planeswalker. And if you have to be banned in something like Legacy, you might be a little pushed. Well, it's even like. Like, again, coming back to another card, Oko. Oko did everything. It was your interaction, your kill condition, and, like, you could fucking steal your opponent's creatures with it. Like, let's forget the fact that it never came up. That card has an ultimate that can trade your elk token for their five drop. Yeah, it's the fact that they've talked about, like, not playing Teferi as, like, something that you touch your opponent's creatures with it. All they did was, like, plus make elk, plus make elk. And it's just like, how did you miss that? How 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 much time is play design getting? Is this a card design problem that's not being caught by the people that should be catching it because they literally can't do their job? Because I keep hearing this from people that work at Wizards or used to work at Wizards or know people that work at Wizards, is that play design is not a full-time job, which I don't get. Allocate resources to your people, please. You know, two hours a day or an hour a day or like eight hours over an entire week is not enough time to test this game out properly. And obviously they've had pro people working on sets. Modern Masters, I mean, uh, Modern Horizons 2 is coming out and they had Magic the Gathering players come there into the building, test the set and nothing bad happened and help design the set. Can we do this with all sets now obviously use the same people if you have to because obviously they're trustworthy they didn't say anything there's been no leaks just be like hey here's our set you guys do this for a living obviously we don't check our sets for a living and it's it's getting really obvious they don't check their sets for a living they design for a living but they don't they don't quality control for a living on their sets so it's like send them to other people that are trustworthy do something Call up Richard Garfield and be like, sorry, we screwed up your game. Can you check this to make sure we didn't screw something up? And mm, I'm pretty gar- pretty sure at this point, Richard Garfield would have some choice words for them. I'm sure. That's why he's designing other games now. Like, even, like, direct competitors. It's like, how far are you off the roadmap that the guy who 
designed this game out of the pure love of wanting to make something fun to play in between D&D sessions. Like, how far are you off the map that the guy who did that is just like, I don't want to. I'm going to go design something else. Obviously, I'm not retired, but I, I don't want this. Mm-mm. Well, it's also, there's also just the issue of, like, you, I, and you know this about me, but, like, I'm someone who very much embraces, like, experimentation in games. Like, I am really into it when games try to push something and, like, push the envelope a little bit. Like, League, for example. I think Samira is super cool. I think she's a little bit overtuned. I think the concept is really good. I'm really interested in the alt that, like, basically doesn't have a cooldown. Even if you go back a little bit, back to, like, something like Yumi, which is a little bit older. People hated Yumi. I think the concept is really cool. I'm all in for trying that concept. But I have faith in Riot to design a concept... Tune it correctly, release it, and then fix it if there's any issue. Every single time Wizards has tried to do something new, they've messed it up. Extremely quickly. Box toppers they messed up, or no, not box toppers. Bio box promos they messed up with on the second set. Secret layers haven't even been around a year and they've already done this with it. They tried to do something different in Companion and we all saw how that wound up. They... Had the idea for passive text on Planeswalkers, which I think is really cool design space. I think there's a couple of them that are really cool, like Ashiok, the three-man Ashiok. I think the card's probably too good, but I really like the design space of the card. But you put that, and then you put that next to, oh, uh, to to Fairy. And Karn. You printed a four-mana one-sided Stony Silence on a card that can search your sideboard for Microsynth Lattice? You didn't, like, put this together? Like, I, I just, I don't know what what I'm supposed to think about that. You you made this mistake. You messed it up. Like, every time you introduce something, something goes wrong. Every time you try something new, something goes wrong. They tried to do non-magic IP cards with Godzilla. I thought it was okay. Some people didn't. Then they immediately jumped to this Walking Dead thing, which I think is just a problem. Like a certified problem. I don't think there's like a little bit to go with it. It's just an issue. And you should be able to see these issues. You keep on trying to get these things right, but every single time something winds up wrong with it. And I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can have people who are in charge of developing and supposedly have a playtesting group, but all these planeswalkers make it through. Shit like Oko makes it through. Shit like Three Fairy makes it through. I just, I don't understand. It is hard because it's like, there are things obviously wrong and they've chosen not to fix it. And even if they have their their data in the background that shows, oh, this thing only has like, you know, a 53% win rate. It doesn't matter at a point what the win rate of something is if it's like horrible to play against and makes people hate your game. Hey, Omnath's win rate was like 50%. And then, it's just like, we had a tournament with 73% of the people were playing Omnath decks. And there was over 100 people playing. I don't know if Magic has ever had that big of a problem before. Ever. Even, Even if you look at something like Splinter Twin. Splinter Twin didn't have that high of a metagame share. No. 
And Hogak didn't have that much of a, a metagame. Eldrazi didn't have that much mm. of a metagame. To be fair, Hogak didn't have that much of the metagame because it wasn't actually the best deck in that format. But still, though, like... Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, Hogak, Hogak is a hard comparison there because I actually don't think Hogak was the best deck in the format. It still, like, fundamentally changed people's main decks. Yes, but people were changing their main decks for the wrong deck. Are you saying that your precious Arc-like, Arc-like Phoenix Arc- was a little messed Arc-like- up? Arc-like... Arclight, the Arclight Phoenix deck was better than Hogak. If you built your Arclight Phoenix deck right, you had a positive win rate into the Hogak decks. It's just... It's so hard when, like, everything's just skewed one way by bad designs like Omnath. And in stuff like Nissa too. Like, five mana Nissa just was what you should be doing in Standard. You know? And, you know, there's something like Wilderness Reclamation, which I will give Wizards credit on this. It took the community a long time to realize that card was way more messed up than we thought it was. That was not the best deck for a very long time. And then it just became the best deck in three formats at the same time. And it's like, you know what? Fine. You know, we didn't catch it either. And you're giving me this look like you don't know what I'm talking about. Standard. Oh, I guess, I guess th- this... It's because... Yeah, never mind. I figured it out. You figured it out? I figured it out. Good boy. But yeah, I was, confused, just... I was confused about modern, but then I figured it out. <laughs> and it's even stuff like uh, Urza that's got printed. And you banned Box Opal from it. How insane is this year that I forgot Urza existed? How insane is Magic Design that, like, I forgot Urza and Astrolabe were cards they thought were a good idea? It's just like, you don't fix your Fetchland problem by printing Astrolabe, and we all very well know that's what you were trying to do. And it's like, don't even. Well, it's also, they printed, they printed Urza, and Urza, I think, is very blatantly a problem, and you decided to kill Artifact decks instead of fixing the one card. Yeah. Because Artifact decks are unplayable in Modern. Affinity and all these artifact decks that have relied on Mox Opal and have been balanced around Mox Opal are unplayable. And you know what else is unplayable? Urza. Yeah, it's just like Mox Opal has never taken over Modern except for the KCI deck. And even then, people are just like, oh, if we play Infect and Bant Spirits, KCI just like dies to it. It's just like, in, like there's still ways to even metagame around something like KCI. I understand why they banned it, because it was like an egregious play pattern and had a bit of a rules exploit in it. But it's also your rule book, so maybe fix the way your rules work at some point. Just a thought. I don't know. But yeah, now it's like people who played Lantern Control, Hardened Scales, people who played the uh, Cheerios deck. Like, all their decks got banned at once. Like, Affinity's is dead. It's like... A, why can't you just ban the card that's the problem even if it's in a set that you're trying to sell? Are you saying that the rest of your set's like garbage and you know that it's garbage so you have to like not ban your card? Well, it's like Teferi took forever to get banned. In in standard. Uh, Uro got banned last week and I think anyone looking at that format could have told you he probably should have been banned sooner. 
Field of the Dead probably stayed in standard longer than it should have. And it's hard too because like something like Theros as a set is really cool. There's a lot of really awesome cards in that set. And we could have gotten more hype about more cards probably a lot earlier if you just got rid of the problem. Like just admit you have a problem and fix it. It's not that hard. Well, like, and it's just, it comes back to the, and I think, I think this ties into my issue with modern of like, why do cards do everything? Like, and as someone who, when I started playing modern, my favorite deck was Lantern Control. If I, if the deck was in any world playable in modern, I would still be trying to play it. But when every card does everything, there's no point in doing what Lantern tried to do. Lantern, the, the like design behind Lantern was you had a whole bunch of silver bullets and you assessed a critical mass of them and then used that to deal with whatever your opponent's doing. When every one of your opponent's cards just does everything, it doesn't matter. When, when your opponent's playing, like, obviously not now, but, like, when your opponent's playing Urza, that is their threat and their mana ramp and their draw engine or uro which is their threat and their mana ramp and their draw engine like what do you do what, what's the point in doing this you literally just like you have to play something that's as linear as they are and obviously like the interactive decks like i'm not saying that an interactive deck is 100 percent linear but they're built linearly now because you can't you can't play all these individual cards that are like silver bullets or that like tech your deck the right way. Cause you just have to play the generically good stuff. Yeah. It's just people getting pushed out of formats by bad card design and wrong bands. This is gone. It's gone ridiculous. Even like the flip lands in the newest Zendikar rising set. I'm just going to call them a mistake. The, the lands that are spells on one side and lands on the other are a mistake. Oops, all spells is not fun to play against. No matter which format you're in, no matter, you know, if, whether it's good or not. It's just like, you don't care if decks are good or not. They have bad play patterns. That's supposed to be the point. And it's just like, oops, all spells now just gets to play as many lands as they want now and just play these flip lands. And people are, like, dying on, like, turn two to this deck. And people are just like, oh, it's not a big deal. You just, like, counter their spell. It's like, okay, well, then, then they just, like, play four Veil of Summer. It's like, that's nice. Nice counter spell. Yeah, the, the best counter spell they've printed in 12 years is green. Yeah, of course. Green counter spells. You know how it is. Yeah. Like, people people always said, like, every, like, the argument always is people don't like playing against counter spells. So, to counter that, we just gave the players who complain about it the best counterspell in the game. So now the people who like playing counterspell just don't get to. It's, it's, it's good card design, you know? It's just really good design. I mean, the math checks out. Exactly. It's like, right now, Oops All Spells is in Pioneer, Modern, Legacy, and Vintage. And has, like, gotten way better now. And it's just like, who... I understand there's a subsection of people that like playing this kind of thing. But you also know that you're breaking the rules, right? It's just like with, like, 
and even like the dredge mechanic where they said they would never do anything with the dredge mechanic again because it's outside of magic rules and it's not a good idea or like the storm scale where they like gauge designs so obviously they just like don't print that many storm cards anymore until like they printed paradoxical outcome paradoxical outcome paradox engine and a thousand year storm yeah you know but but we can't print cards for storm anymore sir I mean, as someone who played Paradox Engine and Paradox Glocums in Standard, those cards were messed up. We, we, I literally spent the Kaladesh era of Magic playing an infinite combo using Metalwork Colossus, because who gives a shit? Yeah. You could do whatever you wanted. It was a Metalwork Colossus deck that either put 40 worth of power and play on turn 4 or combo killed you turn 5. What?! My, my, my brains, my brains. And it's just, it's just gone to the point where design is just like, obviously getting a little low on good ideas. Like, I'm not saying that like Magic doesn't have cool cards coming out, because they still do. And I still like the game, and I think there's still some really cool stuff being done. But why didn't anyone think of Goblin Charbelcher? When they print when they printed the, like these cards, I don't I, think any I, of the people thought when they printed these cards. Also, you could have just put the lands on the front side. Hold. Doesn't that fix this issue? You know, but why would you want to do that? <laughs> the the this side looks prettier and sells more packs. Why would you want to put it on the back side? <clears throat> oh, sir. Yeah, sorry, my bad, sir. My bad. I, I messed it up. Check thyself. It's just like I I don't I don't feel like me being off standard means anything because I've like f- been on and off of standard. Like I feel like I'm not your target audience with standard. But someone who's sitting here with like probably a fifteen thousand dollar modern collection doesn't want to play modern. And. I'm not saying, like, it's not saying that, like, I have a $1,500 modern collection, so they should, or $15,000 modern collection, so they should cater me. No. But I'm clearly someone who's enjoyed modern. I'm clearly someone who loves that format. I'm someone who invested in cards that I literally haven't played yet to have the option to play more decks in that format. Like, I literally have, I have play sets of fetches that I've never played just because I want the option to play other colors. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play that format. Aren't you missing your target audience then? Like, yeah. w- what's the what's the goal here? Yeah, it's it's hard to know the end game right now. Like, why are we doing what we're doing? Where are we going? Do you want competitive magic? Do you want modern? Do you want legacy? Do you want pioneer around anymore? And it's hard to tell with something like historic on arena now that they've said pioneer is going to be all printed into it. So once Historic is Pioneer plus Historic Anthologies, why would you play Pioneer anymore? Like, is that is is that format a joke? And, like, they're even having high-level Premier events now that are playing Historic, not Pioneer. Because you'd have to play it on, like, MTGO, which is just awful. Well, like, I mean, it's not like events run on Magic Arena are any better at this point. No, and it's just like things like 
you can't hold full control, so, like, cards literally don't work properly because you can't properly respond to things because you can't hold full control. And it's just... The Magic Arena client is literally determining bans and unbans. Cauldron Familiar was banned because of the way it operates on the online client. Which is just makes you think that, hey, if paper doesn't matter, there's no premier level modern, why bother? There's no premier level pioneer, why bother? People are like, oh, you can just play like the, the pioneer challenges and all this stuff on like a client that looks like it's like a DOS window. So they obviously gave up on it and are just waiting for it to die. And they can't close it down because of all the cards people own on there, people would freak out. But... If you look at the terms of service of Magic Online, you own nothing on there. They could shut it down, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they probably wish they could. I mean, they probably will. Yeah, it's probably just a matter of time at this point. It's like, probably just, just a matter of time. They're just trying to paint over the rest at this w point. With how they're treating older formats? When, when Arena got announced, my initial thought was, if Moto ever goes away, it'll be because everything's on Arena. I no longer think that because of their what their attitude's been towards older formats. Because mm. their attitude has been, we don't have to design for them, we don't have to worry about them, etc. Legacy, as far as Wizards is concerned, basically doesn't exist. How long until Modern gets the same treatment? Honestly, at this point, with the way card design is going, like... They printed one set for Modern so far, and it broke it. Like, on every level, it broke it. And, like, the, the, the issue with Modern Horizons is I think there's a lot of good in that set. But then you capped off the set with Astrolabe, Urza, and Force of Negation, and Hogak. And you aren't willing to fix the issue. Sure, you dealt with Hogak right away. You then let Urza run that format for two years. Or however long it's been. Time is such a blur right now. I have no idea how long it's been since Modern Horizons. <laughs> <came out. laughs> but you let, you let Urza run that format. And then Mox Opal, a card that's been fine apart from very small areas and is literally how an entire strategy in your format functions, is the card that got the axe because you wanted to leave your chase card from Modern Horizons legal. Yeah, it's like even two stuff like being printed into other formats from the modern specific set too has really affected other formats. Like Force of Negation was a mistake and that card never should have been printed. It has ruined other formats where we finally had a balance of blue and non-blue decks a little bit more so in other formats. Right now, there are decks in Legacy playing four Force of Will, four Force of Negation, and two Mind Break Traps. It's like, why not? Honestly, might have been better to just print Force of Will into Modern Horizons. It probably would have been at this point. Force of Negation sometimes is just better than Force of Will. It's not always, but the Exile Clause on it is like a huge deal. The fact that you can just hard cast it for 3 mana and not 5 is a big deal. It's just... Like, we've hammered it in pretty good, but... Just the design and the way that they're pushing certain formats is just not healthy for the game. And it's not healthy for the players. 
you know, and it's like obvious that like the only thing that matters is just selling things, which is, which yes, the company needs to make money, but wouldn't you make more money by making your player base also happy at the same time? Well, like, and I might be wrong about this, but isn't BFC one of the best selling sets? Yeah. The set sold like, like crazy. that era. Yeah. The set that- sold like crazy. That set did nothing. All things considered. That's it. Like, can, can you name me one card from Zender, from uh, Battle for Zendikar? I think I can name you one. I mean, the obvious one's Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Is there any other card that's seen anywhere at this point? At this point, I don't think the, so. The because... set didn't cause any issues. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess, Ooh. um, Ulamog. Ulamog's, Ulamog's a probably one. a problem, but, like, Ulamog... I don't even know, like, Ulamog is kind of fine. Like, it gave Tron a little bit of a power-up in Modern, but at the end of the day, that power-up's kind of fine. Like, I don't like the way in which Ulamog ends the game, but there's so many ways to deal with Tron that it's kind of whatever, I think. Well, as of right now, Tron's not even, like, played in Modern anymore because it's gotten pushed out. Yeah, I mean, you can't play... How do you play... How do you wait till turn four in that format? You're already dead. You're already dead or you've just lost to some, like, pushed Planeswalker. Right? And it's just like... That set sold great. Clearly, power level isn't the driving seller beside behind sets. And, like, Eldraine is a great example. I think Eldraine would have sold fantastically being completely balanced. Yeah, and it's just like... If- like Oko and Fires are the really big. Uh, you're issues. missing one. What's you're, one? You're missing the actual big issue. What's the actual big issue? Uh, Veil of Summer. Um, that was not in that set, sir. Oh right, Veil of Summer's M twenty. You see how like out of magic you are now, and how much you just stopped caring. <laughs> no, it's just like I really like the adventure mechanic. Like that's them doing something really cool and it's like instead of pushing something like Omnath and everything in the new Zendikar set you know what also is about adventure? Zendikar you could have also slipped a few adventure creatures in because people like those cards and they would have worked fine well so you could have just printed landfall cards that are reasonable no 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 only one is reasonable and that's Big Papa Omnath. Okay, just on Omnath, just like tangentially, why does that card draw a card when it enters the battlefield? The rest of the text wasn't enough. They were like, you know what? This needs to replace itself too. Because... What? Because, man, you see, they forgot that they printed Triumphs and Lotus Cobra in that format, so they thought the card would be hard to cast. Why? Why does that draw you a card? I, I don't Why does Veil of Summer draw you a card? I got nothing for you. You know what? It's funny. If they would have stuck to the principle of not printing fetch lands into standard and didn't give us Fabled Passage, that card would be way worse. Because Lotus Cobra would be way worse if they didn't actually print Fabled Passage. So maybe when you say something, actually mean it. That could help too. I mean, just like, I, I would also be okay if you just like full on didn't mean it and just actually reprinted enemy fetches. I mean, that's fine, too. Just don't put Lotus Cobra into standard. It's like, I've, I've yeah, heard... I don't... 
I don't under I don't understand the thought of putting Lotus Cobra into the standard format that has Omnath and Uro legal in it. I I don't know what to tell you. And even Triumphs Wait, too. When when they were testing this standard format, was would Oko have been legal in this standard format when they were testing it? Yes. And fires. Just think, you could have went Oko on two with your with your goosey. You know, and then you could have like followed up some Omnath the next turn, or fires into Omnath. Look at that. Turn two Oko, turn three, play fires, play Omnath, draw a card, next turn, no, 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 play no, no, Kenrith. No, no. It's, it's probably it's probably turn two Lotus Cobra. I mean, if you want to be slow and not just throw your Oko into play so you can elk their Lotus Cobra, come on. Wait, 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 wait. Can you Lotus Cobra and Oko on turn two? There's probably a way, right? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> like, Magic's been such a shit show this year that, like, I know there's things that we literally haven't talked about. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff. Like, there's, like, Agent of Treachery is on the ban list. I mean, come on, Luca Agent. Good times. It hurts me on the inside. It really does. And also, this is this is like kind of minor, but they've done this for a really long time, and it's something that just like irks me the wrong way. Luca Agent. <clears throat> I don't think Agent was a well-designed card. I, I don't like the design of Agent. But Agent was in the format and fine and saw niche play. Luca was your mythic from the new set that's completely unplayable outside of the agent synergy and is worse game design and you ban agent not Luca. If we go back, cat combo. You ban Felidar not Sahili. Sahili is completely unplayable as a magic card. The card sucks. Full stop. Felidar could see niche play in a deck. Ban your mythic, get over it, leave us with the card that can actually have an impact. As someone who I really enjoyed, like the Panharmonicon, white, like flicker style decks, those decks would have played Felidar Guardian and would have been happy about it. No one played Sahili because the card wasn't good. But you put Felidar on the ban list because you wanted to leave your Chase Mythic unbanned and centered. Which doesn't even make any sense because the card's unplayable. But you don't want to ban a Mythic? Yeah, it's just... Regardless of rarity, regardless of how new the card is, just get rid of it. They preemptively banned Memory Jar. And they probably made Magic a lot better for it back in the day. That's back when they cared about their players, though. Yeah... Back, back in the long, long ago, in the before times. <laughs> and it, it is tough, because, like, I obviously know that these peop- that people at that building care. There are people there that obviously care. Listening to Aaron Forsyth or Mark Rosewater talk about Magic the Gathering, they obviously care. But there's something else going on that's very wrong. And I just don't know what it is anymore. And it's just... Everyone always loops back to it all being about money. Like, and I, I know I hear this constantly and I think it's a stupid thing, but people are always like, well, it's because Magic's owned by Hasbro. Which is stupid. 
this this comes down to Watsy. Don't try and blame Hasbro for everything and act like Watsy's perfect. That that they're just as much of the issue. But the thing is, I support most of what they've done that other people don't. I actually really like secret layers. Secret layers being fancy alt art versions of cards. I bought the Snowland secret layer because I wanted it for modern. I've acquired a set of uh, one of the sets from the uh, Serum Vision secret layer. Like, I like what they did with Secret Layer. And I like Collector Boosters. I actually really like Collector Boosters. So, I don't have an issue with the company wanting to make money. They're a company. They want to keep their shareholders happy. They want to pad their pockets. Sure, whatever. But, you can't make money at the expense of your game. Definitely. And it's just... I want the game to feel like it used to. It's just a very fun thing. And it's just, it doesn't feel fun anymore. Like it used to. And like any format that I play in right now, that I can, it just feels like I'm goldfishing my deck. And that everything's very automated. And it's just, I feel like we've lost it. And it's like, yeah, like, guys, like, obviously, Wizards need to push design, and you have to make things exciting and new in some way, which is fine. And But it's just like, if you make a mistake, just fix it. We know you need to make money. Like, we have a remaster of the uh, Time Spiral block coming out. And we're going to have old border foils of, like, Stuff like Chalice of the Void. We're going to have brown artifacts. It's going to be wicked. And you know what? Hats off for that. That's awesome. Gavin Verhey is a genius. And I'm really happy that he's at Wizards of the Coast too. Along with people like Aaron and Mark. Because it's just like these people obviously care. I don't know where the squeaky wheel is. I don't know what it is that's pushing things. At whether it be Watsy or Hasbro. Because I don't know. Like, legit, I have no way of knowing what's going on. But whatever the problem is, can you just fix it? Because these people that love the game and have been around it for literal decades, just let them make the game and stop, like, forcing things to happen. There's always something that's really going wrong here. And if, like, Watsi needs more budgeting for better testing, can they just have it now so we can have our game back? It's just like, yeah, it's at the point now where it's just like, you know, do we keep playing? Do we just play for fun? Do we update the cube with new cards or do you just leave it the way it is? Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where it's like, do I sell it of everything but cube? Do do, do I sell my modern collection because it doesn't seem like it's going to be useful? Do I sell my modern collection because I don't believe that Watsy is going to push magic forward in a way that these cards are going to retain value and like there's something for the collector's aspect like obviously there are old cards that are like collectors that are holding value even if they aren't playable in a format but it's not like those cards magically hold value if the entire game dies i think the the last thing i really want to hit on here that people forget a lot when it comes to any kind of hobby 
or any anything that you do for fun in general or anything in life really you don't have to do it like you can say you don't support the game anymore and stop like I don't understand somebody like Talarian Community College constantly picks at Wizards now and I think goes too far on a few things. I think he's like stopped making a point and has just gotten tired. It's like, I understand it's his job though now. Can he stop? I don't know. But can you stop? Yes. You, like, the game doesn't make you any money. You don't rely on it for anything. And like, I was really close to, you know, starting like a magic channel and talking about it more. And like, possibly monetizing talking about it but it's like what's the point at this point if it's not like enjoyable like why do something you don't find fun anymore and Stephen too it's like you don't even have to sell everything if you don't want to if you literally like still like playing the game we can still play the game and ignore other stuff we can have our own ban list and there's people out there that do that now like pre-modern is a format made to keep away from modern card design. Old school is a format made to keep away from modern design. And it's like even something like like Frontier was another made format to try to fix issues. And like why is the player base feeling like they need to like get away from what you're doing? It's like if, if people are repelling that much from it then just stop. If you want to. You know what I mean? Like, we played Mental Magic literally yesterday. And it was a lot of fun. And, like, that's something we can just do. But you don't have to buy the new product. If, like, you know what? Don't go out there and, like, attack other people for buying it, though. If they if they like it. Like, if people are buying the Walking Dead series, knock it off. Like, leave them alone. And, honestly, like... If someone comes and sits down to play in your commander group and has one of the Walking Dead characters as their commander, don't worry about it. Yeah. Being being an ass to that person isn't going to change anything. I know that all these people on Twitter and all these people on social media want to think that we need to make a stand and we need to stick it to the man so we can't support this in anything. No, you're just being an asshole to that person who maybe just really likes the Walking Dead. Who, for all you know, knows nothing about all this stuff that you think is the issue with it. If I was a commander player and someone sat down to play and had like a walking dead commander, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't say anything because at the end of the day, me saying anything then doesn't matter. Even if this person, even if I do change their mind, they've already bought the product. They can't do anything about it. So like put the, bring back the gathering, be nice to people, hang out with people. Don't judge people based on what, fucking commander they brought to the table just play people and have some fun just play play the game and have some fun and if you don't enjoy magic move on especially nowadays and we've talked about this a lot in other things there is too much good out there for you to keep doing something you don't enjoy i've i've played league for seven years eight years nine years ten years whatever the number is and I've played League and I took like a six or seven month break this year and it was great. And I'm also back playing now and it's great. 
but don't feel like you have to play Magic. If Magic isn't what you're looking for, don't feel bad about shelving your cards and seeing if it changes in six months. Don't feel bad about stopping playing competitively and just playing at kitchen table with your friends. It's just... It's exactly. You know, it's just like, if you just want to do something else, do something else. If you want to hold on, hold on. But don't purposely go after people who still enjoy something. And don't go after people that don't enjoy it. Just leave people alone if you don't like the game anymore. Or if you do like the game. Don't be like, hey, you know, Monty's perfect. Because they're not. They're not terrible people. These are people in a building trying obviously but something you know is off and i really hope they fix it you know and also like obviously there's people out there that have a harder time with this there's content creators there's people who write articles people who stream but even you can even see those people stepping away from it i know like hoogland has been doing a ton of variety stuff a ton of runeterra i know like lsv and like a huge group of them have been playing a ton of among us it's like you can take a step back from magic it's not like, yes, it's been something you've played for a long time, but if it's not enjoyable, it's not worth playing just on account of, well, you've played it for so long. You can you can come back to Magic in a year. You can come back to Magic in six months. But just take a step back from it. Yeah. Even, even Rich Shea, one of the most notable vintage and legacy players of all time, who, like, used to like go to places and tell people that they're going to a convention with his wizard friends and everything. And it's just like a fun, funny guy and just really loves the game quit because he wasn't invited in the game anymore. Straight up. They told him that no, your people are not allowed here anymore and to feel like you're part of this game. And so he stepped away and it's, it's really sad, you know? And I hope that, you know, we can get some of these people that are done back, and if they don't come back, that's fair, because he left for a pretty damn good reason. Yeah. And it's just, it's the same thing as everything, where now we're taught to be, like, super strong to our guns and super about ourselves and everything like that, but it's, the way everyone feels matters. And just because I'm someone who wants better blue cards to be printed doesn't mean I don't care if a green player hates the game. Because at the end of the day, the game is better for having more people playing it, more people who love it. So I'm not interested in making a change that makes me want to play and makes someone else want to quit. There has to be something in the middle. For sure. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on here? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to, you know, play the game, go for it. And if you want to be done, be done. And this is what it is. And it's really obvious that some of the biggest names in Magic the Gathering are done. The Talarian Community College, who literally started basically Magic the Gathering YouTube being a bigger thing, really seems like he's done. And that's like something that people should really think about. They're on the top. You know? So well And if someone if someone who has literally worked in Magic for the last however many years is able to take a look at it and realize that it's not where they're supposed to be anymore. I feel like that probably is a symbol to everyone that they might need to take a look at that. I know so many people who like complain about magic and keep playing it. You no. Know, and it's just like, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I want magic to be better, and I'm gonna complain that it's not what I want it to be, but I'm done trying to keep playing it until it's different. Yeah. We'll just you know, if we want to play cube or mental magic sometime, we will. If not, we'll just go play something else. Well, anywho, uh, obviously, if you want to get hold of either of us, we're both around on Twitter, especially too if you want to talk anything that's like current magic with me. Like I still do you know, play the game occasionally. I still watch any major event that's going on. So you can hit me up on Twitter. Feel free to talk about it. But you too, if you think you're done and you just want somebody to talk about, you know, quitting a game, like I don't have a paper collection anymore. And I made that decision because it was it wasn't healthy for me to have one at the time and you know, I got rid of it. Michael has the rest of what I have, but even he's just kind of done now. So, but obviously you can hit me up, discuss anything like that. Michael, of course, yeah, is on anyway, Twitter too. So we're both, yeah. we're both open to talk. Yeah. You know, just do some more gathering and less magic if we have to, you know. <laughs> Anywho. Smash Bros. The Gathering. <laughs> oh, that the crossover is coming. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Mario's going to be planeswalking into magic. <sighs> Don't. Can we not? Oh, wait. Can we just, like, not? Oh, oh it is. We're going to have McDonald's the Gathering. Burger King is going to have five loyalty and be a two-mana planeswalker. You just wait. You just wait. I mean, we got we got six loyalty, three-mana planeswalkers. It'll, it'll happen. Oh, it will. What are you? I think that'll about do this for uh, this week there. I also have links to all of our social media and all that stuff in the description. Y'all take care of yourself out there. <laughs>